0: Pastor Xavier Reese and the life-transforming simple truths of the gospel. Jesus says we have to take heed how we hear, how we live out what you hear, because what you
1: hear, God holds you accountable for. To those who much is given, much is required. And so we should be so thankful that God has not only saved us and made us alive, but He's given us the ability to understand, to believe, and to obey, and to be able to bring forth this truth in our lives.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The celebration remembered as the first Thanksgiving in Plymouth occurred in the year 1621. Artist renderings are that of the pilgrims and Puritans offering thanks to God for a bountiful harvest. But coming up, we'll hear of the Apostle Paul who also sought fit to offer his thanksgiving, acknowledging a successful harvest, not in the reaping of physical sustenance, but the spiritual growth of the early church of Thessalonica. Our teacher, Pastor Xavier, opens to the first letter to the Thessalonians for Paul's expression of appreciation for the seeds of the gospel taking root and bearing fruit in the faithful believers of the first century. The message is simply entitled, Are You Thankful for the Gospel?,
1: you know, with the uh, celebration of Thanksgiving and everything, the whole history behind it, um, we've gone over it many, many times. And, and yet, um, at the core, the center of all of it was God. Uh, there's nothing wrong with eating, nothing wrong with the celebration and all that. But if we lose the fact of what we're giving thanks for and to who we're giving thanks, then that's the problem. If we see it simply as a holiday to get two, three days off or whatever it is, When I grew up, that's really what I looked at, you know, it's just time of Thanksgiving and, you know, you get holidays off and you may be religious, but you really don't understand the concept of thanking God for your health, the nation, everything else. Or even though you know the history of the nation, you don't have that relationship with Jesus Christ. And so that makes all the difference in the world, uh, how you view things and how you look at things and how you uh, respond to things. Not that Christians are perfect or that they always hit the mark. But we certainly are a lot more able to see clearly than we did before being a Christian. And so, here in First um, Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13 and 14, Paul has been his own defense attorney for his ministry at Thessalonica. And he has called... Um, and cross-examined three witnesses in chapter 2, verse 1 through 12, the Thessalonians, the missionary apostles, and God. The physical evidence in these verses has been based on character, care, and conduct for the Thessalonians as they've come to them with the gospel. The false allegations uh, by the Jews against Paul and the others that were with him I have been exposed at lies attempting to keep the Thessalonians from following Jesus as their Messiah. Paul is saying mission accomplished. And what he does here now in verses thirteen and fourteen here of um, chapter two is that he now recites as a judge proclaiming the verdict over the work at Thessalonica by giving a threefold thanks for the word of God. This is the key. From everything and anything you ever put your finger on, it is the gospel. Everything is a result of the gospel and the thankfulness for the gospel, for the word of God. That without it, this world would be so bleak, and so hopeless, and so dark. And sometimes we forget this because maybe we've walked with God for so many years and we've been the recipients of Just ongoing blessings and we just come to a place where we just assume them as we deserve them or it's just natural. It's almost like an entitlement mentality that we see sometimes. It can happen in Christ. And we, we lose the appreciation for that which God does for us every day and through the years. And if we're not careful, we can even come to the place where we are almost arrogant to the place where we can't believe God's so graceful for having us in this church and <laughs> serving Him. But here He gives us threefold thanks for the Word. And in verse 13 it says, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing, because when you receive the Word of God, which uh, you heard from us, you welcome it not as the Word of man, but as it is in truth, the Word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe for you, brethren, were imitators of the churches of God which are in Judea in Christ Jesus. For you also suffered the same things from your own countrymen just as they did from the Judeans. And so, here Paul gives a threefold thank for the word of God. First, we have the thankfulness for the word of God, it was sown in the beginning of verse 13, it was cast out, sown. Secondly, for the word of God that it took root. The rest of 13. And thirdly, the word of God brought fruit. So, it was sown, it took root, and it brought forth fruit. In verse 14. A threefold appreciation and gratitude to God for doing what we could never do ourselves. And he did it through the gospel, the word of God. Today, there is such an affront, such a despising of God's word. Brian McLaren he just had an interview in, saying that we as Christians have made the, the Bible an idol and actually contending that we should be more free with the Bible and interpret it more loosely really well that's because McLaren and all the emergent church for the most part don't believe we can learn any objective truth from the Bible because they live in a relative world of subjectivism like the progressive liberals and educators Redefining the church, redefining the Christian, redefining Christianity and the gospel. What an affront to God. Paul valued God's word. He gives thanks for the gospel here. Because it was able to save the Thessalonians. Notice first, the word of God was sown first. Verse 13, the beginning. Paul thanked God because the Thessalonians were open to the word preached. Listen to this word, for this reason we also thank God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us. The apostle was thankful uh, without ceasing, is indicated here, for the response of the Thessalonians. The reason is stated in what follows, not what proceeds, as some believe. The thanks, the word there is, in being grateful to God, who had provided the plan of salvation... Through the gospel. And when you think of the gospel and you can think what it did in your life and the life of others. And you see where God took people out of. You have to be thankful. Because remember we were dead in trespasses and sins headed for hell. Notice the Thessalonians had received the word of God. The word received there simply is a technical term for receiving a formal outward traditional objective truth. It isn't subjective, it's objective. The gospel is very, very clear, very objective. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. There's no subjectivism there. He doesn't say, I'm one of the ways, I'm one of the truths, and, you know, I may give you life. He's very narrow, very objective. Black and white. He was very, very clear on the only way. This word is used by Paul for the gospel message in Corinthians and Galatians. And uh, the same word is used uh, of Joseph when he took Mary to be his wife. He received her in Matthew one twenty. Notice the Thessalonians received the word of God. They heard, and it was from the missionaries, of course, Paul and the others. In chapter 1, verse 5, they came to proclaim the gospel. You were somewhere, sometime, someday, and you heard the gospel. And you had no intentions of being saved. But the word of God pierced your heart and the spirit of God made it alive and It brought you a place where you made a choice and a decision. And it transformed your life. The good news. reached your ears. Now the word notice heard there refers to the active hearing of the message. Being open to receive the word of God outwardly as they heard it was good. And it's an important step for everybody. But this word alone is only mental acceptance. We can hear things when you as a parent call upon your children or bark up some orders. They hear you. But that doesn't mean they've listened to you and obeyed. Hearing and obeying are two different things. Hearing and listening and understanding are two different things. Being around and hearing the gospel doesn't save a person. It only makes them more accountable if they don't repent. And so the plan of God that He chose to save man is the foolishness of preaching not the preaching of foolishness, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 21. With all the high tech of technology and computers and everything else, God still uses the preaching of the gospel to save people. <laughs> the vessels are frail, flawed, with the powers in the Holy Spirit to convict and to illuminate and to save. It's the work of God. Paul was thankful. Notice... In 13, still, Paul thanked God because the Thessalonians opened their heart to the word you preached. You welcomed it. Not as the words of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God. So the Thessalonians welcomed the word of God. They received it as a guest. Willingly, personally, inwardly, not subjectively. The word of God offends many people. They get mad when you tell them they're sinners. They get mad when you have to tell them that they have to repent. They get mad when you tell them if they die without the Lord, they go to hell. They get mad when you tell them there's a heaven and a hell. That's the time that we're living in. This word is used for receiving a prophet in the, in the kingdom. In the gospel of Matthew. They welcome God's word in their heart, not merely their heads. And so when the word of God falls in my heart, then there's transformation. Then there's growth. Then there's a change of life. With a change of mind. My life has transferred from one of darkness to light. How I think, how I live. Though I still have a sin nature, I have to make a choice every day whether the old man's going to live or the new man's going to live. Whether I'm going to obey Christ or obey my sinful nature. It's a choice, but now I have the ability to obey. Prior to Christ, I did not. And so, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. In Romans ten seventeen, it says. So faith is not an emotion. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is not something that you create in your mind. Faith always points me back to the Word of God. If what I believe is revealed in the Bible, then my faith is biblical. If what I have faith in is not the revelation of God's Word, then it's foolishness. My faith should always point me back to God's Word. It's objective truth. It's something that you can rely on forever. It's the absolute truth that God has revealed to us. The Thessalonians welcomed it as divine revelation, not human speculation. Uh, To the Corinthians, Paul made this clear in chapter 1 and chapter 2. That he didn't come with the wisdom of the world but with the power of the gospel, preaching Christ Jesus, crucified. The Colossians, uh, Paul told in Colossians 2.8 that they were to beware of philosophy, philosophy, the love of wisdom, the traditions of man. And you build your own philosophy of life and death and you base it upon man's opinions. Who are flawed, who are sinful. Rather than the word of God that is absolute objective truth. And these are the choices that every person has to make. Notice, but as it is in truth, the word of God. The word truth is Elysias. It means indeed surely implying certainty, affirming what it declares to be so. Now when the um, German rational liberals began their critical studies of the Bible and they began the movement of neo-Orthodox and they invaded all the seminaries in America... They say, well, it really isn't the Word of God. It becomes the Word of God once you read it. No, it's the Word of God whether I read it or not. And they began to just take all miracles out and tell you what is inspired, what is not, and, and, and with what authority. And so you always have that branch of opposition within the church, not only outside the church, under the guise of academia. All scriptures inspired by God. Second Timothy three, sixteen and seventeen. The old did not speak of their own impulse or origin as Second Peter chapter one, verse nineteen through twenty one says, But they were carried along by the Spirit of God so that what you possess in your life, ladies and gentlemen, is God's inerrant, infallible word. Absolute objective truth that you can count and depend on. Jesus never implied that there was one mistake in anything. Not one scripture, not one book of the Old Testament. And Second Timothy and Peter put it all together, old and new, inspired, and Aaron, directed by the Spirit of God. You know, the parable of the sower depicts the Word of God being sown, as you know. But the various soils indicate the conditions of man's heart, and that's always where the Word is sown. It doesn't mean there's different seed. The seed is one, the Word of God, but there are four different soils of the heart. And one falls by the wayside. The other on stony ground, the other on thorny ground, and the other one good ground. And those are the four soils, the four types of heart described in the Gospels. Remember Agrippa said to Paul in Acts 26, 28, You almost persuade me to become a Christian. (laughs) Paul said, I wish you and everyone else altogether were as I am except for these bonds. As he laid the witness on them of the Gospel. You almost persuade me to be a Christian. Almost don't count. You must become a Christian. You must embrace the gospel or reject the gospel. You cannot be a pancake half done. You ever bite into pancake half done? You spit it out. Just like Jesus will spit out lukewarm. Believers. You rather you're cold or hot? We as believers should be so thankful to God that we can discern. And not believe every spirit. But we're able to discern and the test the spirits as 1 John 4 one through three says. That you have the mind of Christ. That you have the spirit of God. That you have the word of God. That you can sit down yourself and read and study. And through prayer and ask God to give you direction. And you can sit in a congregation. You can sit in a church. And you can say what that man is saying is biblical. Or you can say what that man is saying is not biblical. You can make that judgment. You can come to the same conclusions that that pastor can. Same truth. Subject the truth. The spirit of God confesses that Jesus has come in the flesh. The one who denies it is not of God. The one who does is of God. The spirit does not confess that Jesus uh, has come in the flesh is not of God. Verse John 4 says there, verse 3. So there's always the attack against Jesus that he had no human body. The Gnostics taught that. Or they take away deity. Or they try to say that he was um, not fully God, not fully man. They have all kinds of different things. The Bible says he's fully God, he's fully man. And he died for our sins and he rose from the dead. And he destroyed him with the power of death. And he sits at the right hand of the Father... And he is the only one that can forgive sins and can make us right with God. Nobody else. It's by grace through faith. No works of righteousness. We as believers should thank God for the scriptures. That we can be good Bereans, Acts seventeen eleven to examine those things and find out of their soul. So as I said, you can sit and examine. When you speak to somebody on the street, some of your family members, some of your friends, some of your professors... And they say, Well, you know, the Bible just has a bunch of contradictions. Well, hand them the Bible, say, show me one. They've never read the Bible. They're just repeating the lie that they've heard. Did you challenge them with all readiness of mind? Searching the scriptures daily to find out of those things are so. We as believers should be thankful that we can pay heed to two important things that Jesus warned about. Matthew four twenty four says we are to take heed what? We hear, and that's in the parable of the sower. This is to discern truth from error. What we hear. Today there's so much heresy and so much false doctrine going around, and people embrace it and think it's the greatest thing since ice cream. They're not discerning on what they hear. The second one is in Luke 18. Jesus says we are to take heed how we hear. It's also the parable of the sower. This is to decide how we live out what you hear. Take heed what you hear and how you hear. Because what you hear, God holds you accountable for. To those who much is given, much is required. And so we should be so thankful that God has not only saved us and made us alive, but He's given us the ability to understand, to believe, and to obey, and to be able to bring forth this truth in our life. To be a light to others around us. What a great benefit. And what it does is transforms our life, even as Paul comes to the conclusion of Romans 12, 1 and 2, from all the doctrine that he's talking about salvation. He says, I beg you by the mercy of God to you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And don't be fashioned to this world, system. be transformed by the renewing of your mind to prove what is that good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. The Word of God and do for you and myself what we can never do for ourselves. No amount of degrees, no amount of education, no amount of life experience can do for you what Jesus did for you on the cross and declares to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Paul thanked God the word of God was sown among the Thessalonians. But notice secondly, he gives thanks that the word of God took root. Paul gave thanks to God that the word was working in power, which also effectively Works. The phrase um, effectively works means to be actively and efficient. There's a lot of people that punch in for eight hours, but they only work about four. They're not very efficient. He says here it's effectively working. The word is used the majority of the time in the New Testament for various forms of supernatural activity. So this is nothing that man does, this is what God is doing. We get our word energy from this word. Notice the apostle has pointed out many ways in which the word had already worked and was continuing to work in their lives. uh, In chapter 1, verse 5, it worked uh, to convert them. In chapter 1, verse 6, it worked against their afflictions because they suffered much for the gospel. In chapter 1, verse 7 and 8, it worked to make them a witness to all in Macedonia. They're pagans. They come out of idolatry. They stand out like a sore thumb right now. Some of the people don't like it. Chapter 1, verse 9, it worked for their transformation. It was still working in them because their hearts were open to the Word of God. And so this is always the encouragement and the exhortation in Scripture. That we continue, that we continue to grow, to develop, to mature on every level. Then notice Paul thanked God that the Word was working in particular people, in you. He's not talking about just people who say they're Christians or people who just go to church or people that are religious. He says in you, those who have received the gospel. So it's for very particular people. The Word of God is not for behavioral modification but for transformation. Today there's a lot of behavioral modification being taught from the pulpit, psychology and everything else and that's quite inferior to biblical transformation. The Word of God is not to make men religious. The Word of God is not to condemn others and exalt oneself. That's one of the biggest gripes that Jesus had against the Pharisees and the scribes always. The Word of God is designed to work in the inner man as Ephesians 3.16 says. The inner man, the outer man. The outer man is perishing day by day. The inner man is being renewed also by the Spirit of God day by day. The Word of God is designed to counteract the evil heart of man and the sin nature of man because the heart of man is deceitfully wicked. Jeremiah 17, 9 says. And that's an affront to the natural man. That's an affront to some of our family members, some of our friends. Because they can't, they believe in the goodness of man. And when people ever try to sell me the bill of goods, that man is good, uh, I ask them, where's the evidence? I say, if you're going to say that man is good, finish the sentence, good for nothing. Except for sinning. At the cross, every person is confronted with their sin. At the cross, everything will die so others can live, including the sinner. And if you and I don't die, we don't live, and certainly nobody else will live around us. Notice Paul thanked God that the Word was working by faith. Who believed? Faith. The ideas of committing and trusting. Faith is absolutely necessary for the Word to take root and to see God. In our daily lives, without it, we cannot please God. Hebrews eleven six tells us, "Faith comes by hearing him by the word of God." Again, Romans ten seventeen: Those that come to God must believe that He is, and that He is the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him.
0: Hebrews eleven six. Pastor Xavier Reese and the importance of heeding Scripture's objective, simple truths, not as the mere word of men, but as the word of God at work transforming the hearts of believers. And as always, you can hear this message again if you like online, anytime, by selecting today's date at the radio listings link at calvarychapelpasadena.com. And Pastor Xavier will be continuing this study next time right here as well. But if you won't be able to join us, you can pick up a copy of this message on CD for just $4. The title to ask for is simply, Are You Thankful for the Gospel? And this is a convenient way to share this ministry with your friends and loved ones as well. Once again, the title to ask for is, Are You Thankful for the Gospel? Or simply mention today's date. Request your copy by writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address, once again, is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's important that you include the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. We use this information to check on the impact of this outreach in your area. Next time on Simple Truths, Pastor Xavier Reese has more on the gospel taking root, bearing fruit, and changing lives. And a reason to give thanks. Hope you'll be back. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California